The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ and I got my man. Yeah, mate. Yes, yes. And we're going to probably do a little Tampa too today. I'm going to go back to my linebacker days and uh, get that deep middle since we got another uh, DB cohort on the show. Uh, man, we're giving a voice to the culture where we will not shut up and dribble. All right. So today, you know, we're going to do a little different. We're going to bring you in the locker room and talk about the topics in and around the game. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it, man, because this guy's got a lot of knowledge he's about to drop on us. So former pro cornerback and host of Striking Gold Podcast, Eric Crocker. Bring it up, give it up, give it up. <laughs> What's good with y'all, man? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Glad to have you on, man. So, hey, we don't change one thing, man. We definitely like to get the show started, okay, with the shoot your shot moment, all right? So this is where we ask you, Eric, to give us a time where you went for it all, right? Whether it was matching up with that, you know, that wide receiver or if it was, you know, shooting at the lady, just the time you went for it all. Give us that shoot your shot moment. Oh, uh, I guess it's kind of like how I got back into football. Like, you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, so many classes at the first junior college I went to. Okay. So when I when I went to the second junior college, you know, it was like, well, you got to get straight A's over this entire semester, or you won't be able to play. And um, I ended up getting straight A's, so I guess that kind of took my shot a little bit because it was it was all or nothing. All <laughs> or nothing, boy. Hey, you better get them grades. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> Yeah, and if I if I, I if I didn't get straight A's that semester, like y'all would definitely not be talking to me right now. Like, it, it, I would I, I wouldn't even know what I don't even know what I'd be doing or where I'd be right now. But it definitely wouldn't be on this podcast. I probably just I, I don't even want to I don't even want to guess. But yeah, I, I'm glad I shot my shot there and I and I'm just doing. It. There you go. There so, you go. It went in. It went in apparently because you 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 big time now, man. Yeah, it went in. I mean, I wasn't at this time, but yeah, it went in though. <laughs> so, give me uh, where your start. I mean, bring me back to the start, kind of where your your love for football started, and just your love for athletics in general started. Ah oh, man, like sports. Um, it became an obsession. I'd say probably around like third grade. When I was in the third grade, because uh, I, I grew up in Scotland, California, and uh, my my most of my family are from San Jose. Okay. So when I was in the third grade, my mom, she was in like this relationship or whatever with this dude. And I remember one day, my, my uncle, <clears throat> he just came and um, drove from San Jose in a van, picked up me, my mom. I remember my mom saying she had $40 to her name and she just left her boyfriend. Just left her. He was at work. She just dipped out. <clears throat> wow. And um, from that moment, uh, my uncle, you know, he, he, he played college ball. Um, that was kind of like, you know, he was kind of like the one I looked up to, but I, I had never really been around him a whole lot. So, um, when I was in the third grade living in San Jose, I, I got to spend like a ton of time with him. And that was when I kind of formed like the teams I liked. Um, I started having more like kind of an obsession, I guess, kind of with sports. Uh, he was kind of pleasing me like, oh, what's the, what's the receiver? And I would tell him what it is. He'd be like, okay, what's the tackle? And I'd be like, when you tackle somebody, he's like, nah, it's fine. They're like, you kind of quiz me. And then from there, it's just like, so when my mom kind of got her stuff together, we moved back to Stockton. Right. And, you know, I think everybody now, and we'll probably get into it, like, you know, me breaking down film and stuff. But this really started when I was in the fourth grade. Wow. 
um, I was so obsessed with football. Um, you know, we had VHS, you know, uh, the VCRs back then, yep. and I would I would record I would record the games on Sunday. I would record forty nine games on Sunday, and then play them back throughout the week and just watch them, like watch Jerry Rice, watch Carol Arms, like well, not Carol Arms in the fourth grade, but like you know, all those dudes. Like yep. I would I would watch them back, and and I was kind of like just really like obsessed with it. So that was kind of how. I guess my love for football and basketball. Like I love basketball too. Um, you know, like I was a Laker fan, so you know, Kobe Bryant was my guy coming up. Okay. Uh, it was just a, it, you know, just sports in general. I just my mom, my wife, my wife doesn't understand it, but I try to explain to her like I've always been like it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it started way back, man. It started way back. Yeah, that's funny. I I, uh, I grew up kind of overseas a little bit. My parents were in the Air Force, and uh, when I. Was, when I started, I didn't watch cartoons. I always tell people I didn't watch cartoons growing up because the, all the cartoons were in Korean and Japanese and stuff like that. So I couldn't understand them anyway. But I, I knew what I was looking at watching like the 49ers game that came on all the time or the Cowboys game that came on. Or uh, I was a Jordan fan from like from the jump uh, just because that was the only thing right. I watched. So I, I, I get that growing up process, man. So I guess corner wise, I know you play corner, um, Juco and, and, and in college and we'll get to that. But you know, so corner's kind of position in little league that you just kind of end up at. You know what I mean? Nobody really says, I want to play corner right off the bat. So, I guess, when did that, that corner, when did you start playing corner? Yeah, well, again, like, my, like my, my uncle, he was a corner. My uh, my brother, he was a corner. I just posted a, a video, I think, yesterday of my brother. Um, he had, When I was, in, I was in the eighth grade, um, it was his senior year of high school. Um, <clears throat> they ended up being the first team from Stockton that won a section title. He had seven interceptions that year. He still has a cool record okay. at his high school. And, um, you know, when you watch your brother balling out like that, and I'm reading the newspaper every weekend, and, you know, he gets an interception, or he has two, and I'm like, dang, like, I want to be like my big brother. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he was a corner, yeah, sure. and he didn't play receiver. So um, that's kind of where I came from. really wanted to be like him. And then, you know, Deion Sanders, that was my guy. So yep. um, it, was just, it was really kind of a blend of those two where, it was something where, like, you know, obviously I played receiver too. You know, you know, you end up playing both ways, but right. corner that kind of was the one that always had my heart. It just kind of started because that's what my brother played. Nice. So Stockton, California. Talk about Stockton, man. I mean, that's a uh, first of all is is you know duality to this, right? So Stockton's a little uh you know a little rough around the edges, some would say. And then, but you guys have produced some really really great talent, man. So just talk talk to us about uh, growing up in Stockton and playing sports in Stockton. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's a little rough around the edges. It can be, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Me, I, I, I try to kind of just stay in my lane. Uh, you know, and it, all, it wasn't always easy. Like, you know, you growing up in, in certain areas, it kind of is what it is. So I, I grew up right across the street from a park, and, like, they were cribbing, like, real-life cribbing, like, you know, and so that's what I grew up with. And, like, all my homies, as we're growing up, because, you know, their brothers are gangbanging and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was around it. I was, I, I could see it. I'm kicking it with them. Like, they're my homie. So That's life, really, right? What Biggie yeah, said, man, you like, need to sell crack rocker. You got a wicked jump shot, right? Those are the options. Right, and that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. Like, I mean, I was at the park hooping, but, you know, with my homies. But, you know, as we got older and older, you know, some of them went this way. You know, others, you know, went the, went the other way. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's always love. Like, I still, you know, you can see pictures of me, like, like, you know, throwing up my little neighborhood that I grew up in because, you know, I still represent that. But um, I chose to go a different path to where, like, you know, I, you know, I saw somebody get shot. I'm like, you know, hurt. I'm cool. 
You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, you know, some homies going to jail and stuff, and I was like, no, I can't, I can't go down that path. So, right. um, it, it made it a little easier for me to kind of stay away, you know, uh, and not not get too wrapped up in all that, and kind of. But, but yeah, Scott's in there. We we, you know, Scott was a double edged sword. You know, the way that we kind of grow up, I think it makes us really tough. Uh-huh. Um, we're really competitive. We're really powerful people, uh, but also, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to get out, out of those like circumstances. So, but y'all have you know, some dogs come out of it. No guys can kind of, yeah. So we got some dogs that come out of it too. <laughs> uh, right now, um, I'm, I'm moving back to Arkansas to finish my uh, college degree. But I'm staying with my homeboy Lavelle. Lavelle played seven years in the NFL. Uh, played with the Titans. Wow. Um, you know, we we played against each other in high school. Uh, you know, this is one of the most talented dudes. You know, to ever come out of Stockton, went to he actually out of high school went to LSU when they were coming out of a national championship with Saban. Okay, he ended up leaving there after the first game. He just left, went to San Francisco City College, spent a year there, and then went straight to Cal. Played three years at Cal with like Deshaun Jackson, mm. and um, ended up getting you know being a mid round draft pick. But uh, we we had you know Tremaine Johnson, uh, you know Julius Thomas. I was in high school with Julius Thomas. Uh, I mean Brandon Cook. Yeah, you know, I know Cook like. Uh, you know, there, there's just so many, so many dudes Doug that Martin, come out of here, and there's a lot of other dudes yep. y'all, y'all might not even hear about, but they still, you know, Doug Martin. Yep. Um, there's a lot of dudes, but you know, like, yeah, it, it's a really talented town. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you went to you went to JUCO, but I'm a, I'm a fast forward to uh, when you went to the Division Two Arkansas uh, Monticello. Uh, is that how you say it? That's how. you I think I said that. Yeah, right. yeah, you got it right. All right. Hey, good, good job, because everybody butchers that. <laughs> that boy can read. So, <laughs> so talk, talk, obviously, uh, Arkansas is way different from you know Stockton, California. So talk about that transition, about just a, just a different world over there. Oh, uh, huge culture shock. You know, so I'm going from somewhere, uh, you know, Stockton. You probably got like you know 350,000 people or 400,000 people, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you go from a, 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 a place like Stockton. To a place where they want ten thousand people, um, I think the the hardest adjustment to me was the women. Like, you know, I'm so used to like, you know, you kind of you know pick your favorite, right? Like, here <laughs> yeah. is super diverse. Uh-huh. So, however you want them, like my parents' mom, you know, she she Puerto Rican and Filipino. Like, however you want them, like you can get in and stock them. But you know, you go to <laughs> Arkansas and it's like, damn, you're the white or you're black. Like yeah. that was hella weird to me. Like, we're the Asian people. We're the best. Right. Like, oh, that's you know what I'm saying? Like. So it was hella weird to me, and then like I, I could tell, you know, you see the little Confederate Confederate flags, oh. and you know, just driving through, and it, 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 it's backwards, it's behind. Um, but I, I will say, just the experience of it, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything. But it, it's for sure different. It's, it's a lot different. It's just slower. It's country. It's, however you think, like when you when you envision Arkansas in your head, uh-huh. it's that, that, t- that time too. <laughs> you a long way from home, ain't you, boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so tell us about your playing days there. What was this kind of? So after overcoming that shock, man, what was kind of that you learned from your playing days there? Ah, oh, man, it, you know the first year was tough. Um, they changed up a lot of the technique that I used that junior college and I kind of struggled with it at first and you know to kind of go through that transition and kind of be alone you know I was so used to like when I went back to junior college like I had my best friend with me he, he actually uh we was doing some foul stuff 
ended up going to jail for a year. Mm. And when he got out, we went to junior college. And that's my brother. That's my best friend. So we ended up going to junior college. But when I went to the university, like, I ain't have him with me anymore. Right. So, but, but I want to kind of rewind you know, on that, man. Like, put a little depth to that because it was more than just – you you took a little bit of a pause, man. So tell tell us about that perseverance of not only that issue of going having that run in, you know, with the law or whatever, but take us through that transition because it wasn't like you just went from high school right to school. Yeah, so so I went from I went from high school to Delta College, and in high school I struggled academically. Like so, my junior year I missed the last five games, um, I was ineligible. Then my senior year I missed the first five games, uh, I was ineligible. So then when I got to Delta College, um. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn over a new league. I'm going to do good, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I started most of the games my freshman year. And then I just, you know, getting involved with the little honeys and all that. Um, my my son's mom, now, um, you know, she ended up getting pregnant when I was 19. Uh, so I, I ended up, like, just dropping out of school. I was flunking on my classes anyway. Um, I dropped out. out. And I was out for three years. You know, I was out of, I was out of uh, college for three years. That's crazy. And, you know, now at that point, you kind of just do, you know, whatever. Right. Because, right? you know, it's like, it's over. You know, the whole football, all that. So, um, you know, we just run around just doing whatever. And, you know, my best friend, he ended up uh, getting caught up. And he he ended up going to jail. And luckily, he didn't he didn't tell me because they were trying to get, you know, who was with him. And, uh, they, and they were trying to, oh, if you don't tell us who was with you, you know, we're going to give you 10 years. Like, they're trying to hit him with that type of stuff. Oh, and he never told him. And he ended up getting, like, a strike and a, uh, you know, and a felony and all that. Uh, he ended up doing a year. But when he got out, you know, we were like 20, maybe going on 21, somewhere around there. And he was like, man, we need to be playing football, you know. And I, while he was in there, you know, I'm just working random jobs. I'm working at warehouses. I'm working at, you know, uh, uh, goddamn Walmart. You know, just hell of random jobs. Right. And uh, so when he got out, though, we went, we went, we went to, uh, my mom at that time had moved to Modesto. So I just was like, man, hey, look, my mom's in the desk, so maybe we can just stay there and go to MJC. And, you know, my thing at that time was just, like, just getting an education. Like, play football, hopefully I can ho- hopefully I can get some type of scholarship so I, at least I can get an education because, you know, at, at 21, 22, my focus was a little different. All right. Um, and uh, and so that that's what kind of pushed me to go back. So I knew, like, man, working at this warehouse is not it. <laughs> that is not the business. Saying? Yeah, so... Um, it kind of, you know, motivated me to go back. So, yeah, I, I ended up balling at, at Modesto Junior College. And, you know, I was first team all conference and everything. And, and these kids nowadays don't know how good they had it. Like, I wish if I would have had, like, Huddle and all that, I think Huddle came, like, the next year. Mm-hmm. But if, if I would have had, like, Huddle or something, it probably would have been easier because, you know, I'm, you know, six one, six two corner, really yeah. athletic. You know, I had numbers, I had interceptions, I had big plays, I was doing punt returns and all. But I didn't really know how to get myself out. So, you know, the schools that called me, they only called because my, 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 my junior college, they would just send a disc. They just send DVDs at the time. They would just send DVDs to all the college, to colleges throughout the country. And they would just highlight guys like, oh, you should watch this guy. You should watch that guy. Like, and, you know, it wasn't like highlight clips to make me look good. Like, it wasn't right. that. They just had to watch my film. Watch your film. And if they liked me, they look into it. And people so, don't realize um, that, that you really, you, oh, my bad. But people don't realize that that stuff is really regional before huddle and things like that. So you were only yeah, going, yeah, you were only going as far as your network, like those coaches who they knew who they could get the tape to. Right. Or just right. the coaches that Especially said, if you didn't do a camp. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you didn't do the camps and stuff, like, but you know, like, like I said, you know, I, you know, I'm still with my dog, Bill right now. He, he, uh, 
you know, he, he, like, you know, he had offers to everybody. He had offers in Miami. He was actually about to commit to Miami. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, went to LSU. So, like, if you go to the camps and you blow up, like, you're good no matter what. Uh, but, you know, back then, if you, if you weren't doing the camps, it was a little bit harder to kind of get in front of coaches. Like, I mean, like, my disc got mailed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just, <laughs> it was different. For sure. So, after, after that, you know, you, you can't make a comeback. And you said you did point out another thing. They started teaching you technique. So Juco, you just kind of went off a of raw talent, <laughs> right? They just like, hey, just go line up yeah. and bust their heads. <laughs> so my coach told me, man, he was just like, look, you know, whatever works for you, you can do that. And if I need to fix anything, then I'll just fix it. But, you know, I was competitive. <laughs> I actually, they had to, like, turn me down a little bit because I was, like, two turns up. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, sort of stocking. I had to dread. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had to go grill. Like, so, you know, it was like, you know, I'm out there talking trash. I've always been a trash talker. And I remember uh, really after the first practice at my junior college, I got the interception. Two was back to the quarterback. I'm like, man, you better not ever try me. And the coach was like, uh, the coach was like, hey, you guys can take that back to Stockton if you're going to be like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, they are the tricky trick. They weren't fully ready. So, yeah. so then, you know, Balled out, kind of got some technique added to your natural raw skill. So what did you do after college? Tell us about that kind of recruiting and, and, and that process. What comes next? So this was, remember, I, I struggled academically throughout high school and, you know, the start of junior college. So um, balling at, at Modesto Junior College, that was the first time I actually got recruited. Where I had colleges, just, I'm, I'm starting to get random text messages and phone calls. I'm like, what's this? Like, oh, wow, you like me? Like, you want me to go to your school? You gonna pay for it? Like, wow, this is amazing! Like, you know, um, and um, so that whole thing happened. But I ended up choosing um, University of Arkansas Monticello, and the reason why is because I always, I've always liked the challenge. And the coach that's on the phone, um, the DB coach, you know, he had played in the NFL like years ago, and um, so that was part of it. The other part of it was they had an indoor practice facility, and I had never stepped foot. I mean, I'm 21 years old and I never stepped foot out of California. So mm. I didn't know what the weather was gonna be like. So I'm like, well at least they got an indoor facility. <laughs> so um you know, that was cool. And so yeah, I ended up going to Arkansas man and like I started to say, like it, it was a culture shock, not just from, you know, the women and all that, but like I was kind of alone for the first time. And uh kind of dealing with that, with having like ups and downs in my play and stuff like that, like that kind of got to me. I remember calling my brother like, well, I think I'm about to come back to Cali. This ain't it. He was like, nah, bro, we're we not going to quit, bro. Like, you there, just handle your business. And I was on a good scholarship and everything, so I'm like, yeah, you're right, all right. <laughs> so I ended up staying out there, and that whole coaching staff got fired my junior year. Like, so my junior year, um, that whole staff that recruited me that got fired, they brought an entire new staff from uh, University of Central Arkansas, which is D1, mm-hmm. and I just kind of vibe with those coaches from the jump, and um, they ended up, like, you know, naming me one of the team captains and everything. And uh, from there, then I, I still went to some adversity that year, but I ended up having a good year uh, being all-conference and everything. And, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was cool, yeah. So, Wentz, uh, tell me about that. I, I think I heard on your story that your senior year, you got benched for some younger guys. Talk about that. I, I, I guess what that did for you mentally or into the rest of your career. Oh, man. You know, that was really one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. You know, just like anything in life, you know, sometimes we become complacent um, and thinking like, oh, you know, I'm good, right? Like, I, I got this. Mm-hmm. And maybe not giving 100% effort. And, and it was really like a life-learning lesson. And we always learn. 
lessons, right? right. But, um, you know, I, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea the coaches felt like that. I, I think the way it went down, I don't think it had to go like that. I think they could have came to me ahead of time and told me, mm-hmm. but... They didn't have to do you like that, right? <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all could have gave me, like, told me, like, hey, this is how we're feeling about how you've been approaching things, but um, instead of letting it kind of blow up the way it did. So, yeah. so basically, we started off 2-0, doing our thing, right? We're 2-0, cool, you know what I'm saying? I'm one of the team captains, everything is good. Well, we're going to the third game. We end up losing the game. So we have what, what they call a production chart. The production chart goes off of how many tackles, you know, it's like, Tackles are worth so many points. Interceptions are worth so many points. Tackle for losses, sacks, interceptions, force fumbles. Like, it's all worth so many points. Well, I was really low on the, on the production chart. Now, the reason why I was low on the production chart is because nobody threw the ball at me. He's like, am I going to throw at this 5'9 guy or this 6'2 guy? They're like, okay, I'm just going to throw over here. So, I think maybe they threw, like, three passes to me in the first three games. Three passes at me. They completed two. And one was a screen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that don't, that don't like, count, it wasn't yeah. like I was saying that. But <laughs> it's like a long handoff. I think yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, but I think because they felt some type of way, they used the production chart as a reason why they were going to bench me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, um, so you know, you know, I ain't no punk. So, <laughs> so basically, what happened was, we, I walk in there, I see I'm not starting. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know he lost, but damn, like, you know. And I remember I learned the word scapegoat from my uh, stepbrother back when I was like a freshman. Mm-hmm. He was like, you always using that scapegoat. I'm like, man, what's a scapegoat? But he explained to me what it was. So I always remember that. So when this whole thing went down, I'm like, are they using me as a scapegoat? Like, they trying to put it on me as to why we lost this game? Like, mm-hmm. are they serious? Like, I'm tripping, right? So uh, we get in the meeting room, and the coach is like, Crocker, like, why you do this? Why you take the screen this way? Why you defend him like that? I'm like, man, coach, like, he came up, he went back, and I just chased him. I tried to tackle him. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, so I'm like, he was like, nah, you could have did something. I'm like, well, well, what could I have done better? Like, that's what I'm thinking. I know he's picking on me. And he was like, well, if you don't know what you did wrong, this is that was his voice, I swear to God. <laughs> if you don't know what you did wrong, you're just a sorry excuse for a cornerback. Oh, yeah. that, that got me right. So it's like, Remember, I'm older at this time. I'm like 23 years old. Like, yeah. I'm not like, you know, I'm maybe 24. Like, I'm not like a little kid. Man, I know, and so I'll you. I'm like, like, 18 year old. Hey, like, listen, dog, you just gonna talk <laughs> to you like that. Yeah. Jack. Now, you say. <laughs> and he's not like, you know, like, you know, it's like, no, coach is not really older than me like that. Like, maybe you're like 29. It's not. I view us like, we're not too far apart. Right. So, uh, so he was like, so he said that, and I was like, you know, I had to say something back. I, I didn't have to, but I did. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just sorry then. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and another coach, so now I know they're probably, maybe they have to have these conversations behind closed doors. But the other coach, you know what I'm saying, one of the, deep, the defensive line coach, man, shut the fuck up, Crocker, shut up, shut up. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's, they didn't have, they didn't have a couple discussions right. behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, yeah. Bro, who are you talking to? You get your, man, you get your fat ass outside right now. Like, come on. This is right, America, Jack. Now you right. say <laughs> you say one more thing, goddammit. Yeah, so I'm like, nah, like I'm not letting that slide. Like I'm already tricky because I come in here, I'm not I'm not starting and I don't know why. Right. And then y'all come in here and you start picking on me and like not even like critiquing me to coach me up. Like you're like attacking me like and I'm and I'm the type of person like I never like I, I can I can take coaching. I can take constructive criticism. Like, first thing I tell people anytime I'm doing something, 
let me know if there's anything I can do better. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's something you see, don't talk about me behind my back. Just let me know. Like, that's how I've always been. Just be straight up with me, and I'll work hard to correct it. Right. But when you don't tell me, and then this whole thing happens, and then, like, y'all start blowing up on me, now I feel some type of way because y'all don't really come to me like a man to begin with. So, you know, and, and that's how I felt. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> nah, nah. that was kind of how I felt uh. about the situation. And the thing so, is, they're supposed uh, to be coaches, right? They're supposed to coach you. <laughs> right. And I know they, they meant good, um, and they got the point across, but I felt like they could have told me ahead of time. So that whole thing blew up. I said, well, fuck it, I'm going back to couch. So I went back to my apartment, and I'm out of here. And uh, head coach called me. Crowd, what happened? I'm like, man, coach, like, you already know, like, you know I'm not tripping like that. Like, he just came in here and they just attacked me. He's like, no, no, calm down, just wait a couple of days, go in there, talk to Coach Smith, who's, I mean, Coach uh, Scott, who's the defense coordinator. So I ended up going, um, going, waiting, you know, I calmed down a little bit, went in there, talked to Coach Scott, and basically what he told me was, you know, they didn't like how I was kind of carrying myself at practice, they didn't feel like I was being like the leader that they wanted me to be there, and like my practice habits at that time, right. and I was going to have to start all over and start from the bottom of the depth chart. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but y'all could have came to yeah, tell just, me that. Just tell me I'm, right. I'm not practicing well. Yeah. Hey, man, we need people to see Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, we could have had, we could have been had this conversation. And I'm just like, yeah. damn, like, but it did teach me something, like, you know, never get complacent. So, I, you know, from that point, you know, I, like you said, I had to start off from the bottom, and we go into the next game, I'm not starting. They got a freshman starting over me. And uh, he rolled his ankle, like, the like second driver again. And from that moment, I just turned up. <laughs> like, I just turned up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I kind of just, it, I just took my game really to the next level for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I ended up being all confident and everything. But, I, you know, I've had to deal with, like, a lot of adversity. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I think, you know, sometimes with these kids nowadays, it's like, Y- y'all got to be willing to go through that because nobody's just going to hand you anything. Nobody, they're not just going to be like, well, oh, you're talented. So here, like, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to put in the work and all that. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, like some of these kids now, because they don't know how to go through adversity, they just fall off. You never hear from them again. It's really sad because a lot of these dudes, they have a ton of talent. I had to go through that. So like every adversity um, you could think of, you know, um, being ineligible, you know, poor grades and, High school, uh, you know, having a kid at a young age, you know, um, doing the wrong thing, you know, having to go back to JUCO, you know, you know, having to get straight A's, okay, like getting bench, like, like you know, like all of these different things. But I still, you know, kept pushing and trying to figure out a way. You know what I'm right. I feel it, man. So let's go into your 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 pro ranks, man. Let's start, I guess, kind of with the AFL. Your, your rookie year, um, you was an undrafted free agent. Tell me about how that went, um, and then kind of transitioning, obviously, to when you made it to the Jets. Yeah, so, man, crazy thing. So, my cousin Tyrone, it was great. Another dude out of Stockton uh, made a pro ball. So, Tyrone, he played two years with the Chargers. He was able to Damian Thompson, John Spoils. He was a running back. And he blew his knee out in preseason in the second year, mm-hmm. and um, which was crazy because he was going to be, like, taking, like, uh, Michael Turner's spot. Like, he was tight. He was tight. Threw his knee out completely. I mean, like, uh, dislocated his knee, uh, tore every ligament, all oh. career done. And um, I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise because somehow, I don't know how or why or what, he ended up being director of player personnel for an arena football team. Wow. So, you know, I'm at a D2. And, you know, obviously it's hard to get to the league from D2. 
So, you know, he called me one day um, late in the year and was like, hey, you know, see, I know you're doing your thing out there. Uh, if you don't have NFL or CFL looks, you know, I can give you an opportunity in the arena football league. And me, I'm just like, Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you, know, right. Right. Like, right. you know, so um I remember one of my coaches is like um had told me about some lower level and I didn't know I didn't know what league is. I don't know, I didn't know any of that. So uh, I'm gonna play football after after college. That was all I knew. So one of my coaches that came to me like, Hey crap, some of these little IFL teams are interested in you, but I, I think that game might be too fast for me. That was to this day he swears he didn't say that, but he said it. <laughs> but, um, right. Like basically, like I don't think you can play in it, but all right. Like you know what I'm saying. So, um, but my cousin, he kind of like put me on and, and gave me a co- uh, a contract offer. Um, he basically gave me an opportunity in camp. So as soon as my senior year, I mean, as soon as my senior season ended, I <laughs> dropped all my classes and I dipped. I went back to Cali and I and I trained um, basically like a professional. I worked out with other dudes that. Um, played at, you know, big colleges, D1, Florida, all that. And I just trained. I was hard. And I learned to get down a new game. I didn't go to my pro day. I didn't do any of that. I just focused on, you know what? This right here is going to be my opportunity. I'm yeah. not going to go to the pro day and run a 4-4. Um, you know, I didn't have amazing numbers. I played well enough to be all conference, but I didn't have amazing numbers in James had a D2. Uh, so if I'm going to make it, this is going to be my shot. And I was self-aware enough to kind of make that decision for myself. Boss. So. I went out there, landed to San Antonio, and that was kind of how I got out there. And, and um, my rookie year, I ended up, and I, I say some more adversity here, but I ended up um, uh, starting every game as a rookie. Okay. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. So, so, so that was cool. But, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I faced some adversity there. So, you know, uh, we used to go to these little bars and stuff after games. Um, and, you know, they would give us like these little drinking coupons. So I ended up drinking a couple of those in uh, Long Island. And I don't know if he just made them hella strong or what. I don't know. But Is that like I the first drink that you go into? Like everybody shoots to the Long Islands when they first start? <laughs> well, right. Well, it was like, yeah, and, and I'm somebody, you know, as crazy as my story. I didn't drink until I turned 21. Like that was my mm. first time ever drinking. So I didn't even drink until like really later. So I, I, I'm never used to this day. I'm not drinking. Um, I will drink. But I'm, I've never been like somebody that, like, oh, I got to drink tonight or I got to do this. Like, I can go six, seven, eight months without drinking. I can go a year without drinking. And right, I wouldn't right. drink anything else. Um, so even at this time, I wasn't a drinker, but I ended up having to drink this night. And we ended up getting in the car. My homie, um, Ahmad, and that's different stocking. Uh, he ended up going to the Bay bus man. But Ahmad is like, uh, hey, crap, you good to drive? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm good. So I end up driving, and, you know, we all speeding on the freeway home, and whoop, I get pulled over, and I end up uh, going to jail wow. on a DUI. I actually blew below the legal limit, so I, I was a little tipsy, but I wasn't drunk at all. Like, I wasn't, um, like, you know, the legal limit is .08 or whatever. I wasn't at that. I was at that .06, but because I had alcohol in me, um, they still have caused to take me to jail and, and give me what they call a working record. Wow. So, Wow. Yeah, so that whole thing happened. That's crazy. So did did you have plans to go back to San Antonio, I guess, to, to play with the, the Arena Football League team? Or did you – how did that jump go to the Jets the next year? Oh, man, crazy. So uh, so after the season, uh, really I was on probation. I, was, I wasn't even supposed to leave the state of Texas. I wasn't supposed <laughs> to leave that county. But I'm like, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, so, um, so I did – 
I get back to Cali and they had a UFL workout. So I know there used to be the UFL. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they had a team, uh, the Sacramento Mountain Lions. So I went to the tryout. Like, I'm out here. So I'm bowling. And um, the dude that was there was like, hey, and I watched you get Eric Crocker. I watched you, uh, I watched you, uh, I watched you play in the arena league. He was like, you know, I'm an agent. Here's my, here's my number. So, you know, I'm like, damn, an agent? Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Like, yep. I'm on. <laughs> so I got the, I signed with the agent and he sent out my film to arena team. Cause at that time, arena contract, it was just year to year. So he mm. sent out my contract to arena team. I mean, my, uh, my info and every team wanted to sign me. He's like, what do you do? Like, why does every team want to sign you? I'm like, I, I mean, I play well, but yeah. I, I don't care about arena league. Like, can you give me to the CFL or something? Right. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, can you give it to the CFL? That's the next step. Right. So he was like, oh, you know, you got to crawl before you walk or whatever. <laughs> and I just felt like I was, I was kept going. I kept doing, you know, I'm, I'm working out. Um, and I was like, man, this is like, making no move. So I was just kind of like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I get a phone call from my probation officer. And she was like, um, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm uh, in California. Right. And she was like, you're not supposed to leave. Um, Be- it's called Bear County. It was like it said, Bexar. It's like B-E-X-A-R. I don't know. It's called Bear. And she was like, you're not supposed to leave Bear County. And I'm like, all right. She was like, I'm putting out a, a warrant for your arrest immediately. So um, she put out a warrant for my arrest immediately. I, I literally, the next morning, Hopped in my whip and drove straight to San Antonio. Damn. Um, there were a bunch of things I was supposed to do. And I literally drove 24 straight hours by myself Damn. and um, stayed at my homegirl, uh, Aubrey, because like, I was like, yeah, Aubrey, I need someone to crap. I got to come. I got to knock out this stuff before they try to arrest me. So I went and I did all the stuff I was supposed to do, my community service. Um, I had to take these, uh, a weekend class um, and community service weekend class and pay, uh, it was like a $3,200 fine. I'm just like, and I'm about to knock out all that. So I went back, knocked all, all that out. And yeah. I actually like ended up making like your friends with some of the, um, you know, I did do my community service with like a Pop Warner team. Oh, cool. So that went great. Um, met some people I still keep in touch with to this day. The kids are all growing now. It's crazy. Like they're all going out to college. It's crazy. That's but awesome. um, now I kept in touch with them. Well, so while I'm doing it though, my girl, you know what I'm saying? She's from California. And she was like, well, like, you know, I'm tired of being away. You know, I was away at college. We were on and off in college. And she was like, you know, why don't I just come stay with you in San Antonio while you're doing all this stuff? And I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Right? So she come out. So um, so I drive. So so I flew to California so I can drive back with her. Dang. But as I'm driving, we get to Texas. And I guess I'm going over the little hill speeding. Because the speed limit was like 80, but I guess I was going 85. I don't know. And then we get pulled over. They run my name. Oh, you got a warrant for your arrest. Boom. Take me to jail. And I'm like four hours from San Antonio. Oh. So, um, so she had to go all the way to where my apartment was. She had never been before. Um, you know, which is four hours away. Man, she had to bail me out. Of, um, she had to bail me out. And then... Uh, I drove back, so they gave me a court date. Right, they gave me a court date. So I'm like, damn, okay, they gave me a court date. I got a court. So court was like two months away or something like that. Right, it was like two months away. So I'm not even really thinking about it. I ended up getting a job. I was working at like Macy's for like seven fifty an hour, <laughs> and working like an overnight shift. Okay, yeah, it was trash. Right, and then um, <laughs> so then I'm doing that or whatever. I'm doing my little thing or whatever, and 
all of a sudden, my, my cousin Tyrone, the one that was a director of Paracourt Snail, he yeah. was like, hey, I'm going to hook you up with Devin Mays' agent, D. Mays. He's another dude out of Stockton. He's like, he keeps getting TFL workouts, and he ain't even been playing. Like, maybe this agent can help you more than your current agent. Right. I'm like, all right, so I, I gave you a call. I called him up. Like, hey, you know, my name is Eric Carter. He's like, okay, I know Tyrone told me you calling. So, you know, what's the deal? And I'm like, well, I got this film. I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to get to the CFL or something. He was like, all right, well, do you have it on YouTube? So I, I sent him the link. We're right there watching it. I mean, he's watching it. I'm on the phone with him. He's like, oh. Like, you know, you. Oh, yeah. I think we got something here. I'm, I'm going to call you back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he's not even my agent. He's not even my agent. He just, you know what I'm saying? He just looked at it like, I think we got something here. Yeah. So he, um, I don't hear from him for maybe two weeks. Remember, I'm just working at Macy's, right? So I don't hear from him for like two weeks. And he texted me randomly, what's your pro day number? And I was like, well, I didn't do my pro day. I just jumped straight to the He was like, all right. Now I didn't hear from him for like maybe a week. He, he texted me, uh, BC Lions and Calgary, they'll fly you out to any workout that you want to go to. Damn. I'm like, what? Like, where did this come from? Like, <laughs> He's making some moves. Like, okay, I need, to, I need to start working out or something. Yeah. He was like, but you got to fire the agent you with, and you're going to have to hire me. Done deal. Yeah, okay, uh, done, done. <laughs> done. I have it done. Um, I'll fax it. He's. I was like, fax me the paperwork. I'll fax it to you tomorrow morning. Sign and whatever. So boom, he did that. He sent me the paperwork. I signed. I fired my other agent. Signed with him. Um, and there was some kind of rule, I guess. Like, if you fire an agent, you're supposed to wait five days before being able to sign another one. But because my old like my old agent wasn't like he had some kind of certification, I was able to kind of. It was like a little loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I know signing with Uber and I kid you not. Y'all asked ask me how I got to leave. So I signed with him and about three hours later he was like, Hey uh the Miami Dolphins. Damn. I'm like, the Miami Dolphins? He was like, They wanna they like you. Um Damn. they wanna see more though. They wanna see you work they wanna see you put together a workout. I'm like, The Miami Dolphins? He was like, Yeah, bro. So I'm like, 'cause he's a black dude, he's hella cool. So I'm like all right, so I'm trying to put together, like, okay, I need to put together a little workout, do a little workout video. He calls me back. And the Dallas Cowboys calls me again. And yeah. the Indianapolis Colts, the Packers, like, it was like 10 teams. Like, I keep that now, man. Like, what? I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. what is this? Like, this cannot be real, right? Right. So all these teams calling. And the next, so the next day I go out, I put together a workout video. Boom. I'm on the field doing my drill. I didn't even get to spin off the film yet. As soon as um, I was probably done, he called me. You on the Saints, they're on the Friday in the morning for a private workout. Wow. I'm like, what? Let's go. So, um, so I had my workout with the, with the team, but I wasn't in shape like that. And I, and I had <laughs> yeah, you well, just been at like Macy's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm working at Macy's. Over like, folding khakis you know, and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, no trans, right, right. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here. So, um, so I fly out, I ran a slow 40, but I killed the ball drill. So they were like, you know, hey, unfortunately we can't find you right now because your your forty time wasn't good. But you killed the drill, and it looked like you just don't know how to run your forty. So if you can improve on your running, just go to we'll we'll get, we'll offer you right now to go to rookie mini camp. But after the draft, we'll invite you to rookie mini camp. And if you do as well there as you did in the ball drill here, we'll sign you. I'm like. Cool. So now I'm on Kyle's Island. Like, damn, I'm thinking about all this stuff. Like, oh my God. Right. Like, I got a real opportunity here. So then I fly, they fly me back to San Antonio. I, I, I get off the flight as soon as I land. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles, they're flying you out in a week. Go to California, work on your 40 time. 
So remember, I'm not supposed to leave the state, but I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm going to work on these 40. So I fly, I fly to Cali, get with my guy. I work on my team, work on my 40. Really, we just work on my start. Right. Boom. And, uh, so I ended up going from a 471 to a 458 in literally three workouts. Like wow. that was it, three workouts. So for the Eagles, um, it was hella cold. I remember getting there. Remember, I'm still out of shape though, so I did my whole workout, Chip Kelly, you know what I'm saying, Deuce Daly, all the people, all the, yeah. and it was really very regular with the, with the Eagles because it was like 60 front office people. Like, it was a hell of front office people. And they just watching um, you. And just, just me. Oh, yeah, just watching, just watching. Just watching. No so, one else you know, was working out? Shape, it was like, just you? That's crazy. Just me. Oh. So, so, you know, I'm out of shape. Like, I'm not in shape for this, like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to go hard because I want to impress. I'm going hella hard. I just died out in like three minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was saying, it's like a chick. Like, it's like, well, I want to impress this chick. You know what I'm saying? And then you start going too crazy. Then it's like, oh, no, it's about to end before it started. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like that. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so, I, yeah, I, my chest, I thought I was having a heart attack. Like, I, like my chest is hurting that. My chest is hurting that much. So, um, they were like, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to sign you, blah, blah. So, I flew back to, uh, I flew back to San Antonio and I started working on, you know, training my wind and all that. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, hey, the, the, the New York Jets, the Packers and the Colts, they're flying you out on these days. Yeah. It was the Jets first and then two days later it was the Packers and then two days after that it was the Colts. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I got two weeks to get ready. So I just, yeah. I'm, I'm running, I'm running sprints, I'm doing everything I can. I'm working on what the track coach taught me to uh, get my 40 down. So I ended up, um, so I'm like, okay, I fly on Wednesday. I'm like, dang, there's something interesting about that date. Like, what? What's like, the like, what's something? So, something. I know. I'm, I'm like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm like, I don't even know why the date comes to me. I got, I got bad memory, memory anyway. I'm like, why does the date sound sick? <laughs> so, you know, I'm just doing my thing or whatever. I'm still training. Next thing you know, I look, I got court that day. So, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I literally had to fly out. Like, I was about three days away from flying out. And I realized I got court that day. I can't miss this court date. Like, I can't miss it. Man, you ain't even but, supposed to be leaving the county. Right. <laughs> right. But I can't, I can't miss out on this, on this opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. You lie. That's what you do. So I lied. So I called, so I called the jet. I called the dude that was preparing myself for the jet. I was like, hey, um, you know, I have some bad news. Um, I have a friend of family. He passed away. Um, so his funeral is the morning that I'm supposed to fly out. But I can fly out right after the funeral. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. Oh, okay. Okay. Court. So, oh, yeah. so, uh, so I had to go to court. And, I had to yeah. say, um, and since I had knocked out everything, I had all the paperwork for everything, took classes, I paid the fines, I did all that. Um, went to court, presented everything. I had like a, I think my lawyer was like, Provided to me from the, uh, the San Antonio team I was with. I don't know if they were like, if he was like a, in a mob or something or what, but <laughs> he had major pool because he got, they were trying to make me do like a breathalyzer. They were trying to make me do all kinds of stuff. He got all that taken off and he got the uh, judge to grant me permission to uh, fly to New York. Wow. So, or New Jersey. That's right, New Jersey. So I had to rush. I'm smashing in my whip. Oh, go straight to the airport. Like, I'm still in my little uh, court uh, outfit and everything. And we barely <laughs> made the flight, made the flight. Through the through the Jersey, get off. They have a, they have a, something picking me up there at like, I mean they pick me up at like, it's eleven like East Coast time, and um, 
so yeah, they take me straight to the hotel. And the way these these uh, workouts go, they fly you in, mm-hmm. they pick you up, they got a driver and all that. They take you to a hotel, they give you per diem, so they'll give you like sixty dollars, mm-hmm. uh, so you can eat dinner and you can eat breakfast. And then they have somebody pick you up, take you to the facility, and then I was in. I had my workout. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so how the workout remember, go? Like, how the workout go? So you know, was, again, never Reggie Ryan. I see Reggie Ryan. Uh, and you guys know I'm a student of the game. Like, I yeah. know all these people. All, I, you know, I've been watching. I'm, I've been watching film since I was, you know, in the fourth grade. So you know, I walk in. I'm like Ken McDonald. What's like <laughs> what's he doing here? You know what I'm no saying? Like, oh, this is this is the DB coach. You know, um, you know, I'm, I see Dennis Thurman. Like you know, he's a cowboy great. BT, so I'm yeah. like, damn, you know, Rex Ryan. I'm like, damn, I'm coming to Star Anthony Lynn's there. Okay, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Anthony yeah. Lynn, yeah. So, um, I did something I hadn't done before. I just started praying. And prayer took me to um, listen to uh, gospel music. So, I kid you not, I listened to uh, that Going Up Yonder song. Uh-huh. Going Up Yonder. <laughs> I listened to that. I kid you not, bro. Like, oh, yeah. You know, Trey songs are dumbass long. It's like eight hey. long. So, I listened to it like... <laughs> I used to do it like ten times, like you know, like like legit. On repeat, I say on repeat that same song just over and over and over, and I think it just kind of took over. You know what I'm saying? And I ended up having a really good workout. Got my forty down to a four five three. Um, did get in my little shuttles. Did get in the ball drills. Still got a little windy, but it wasn't terrible like it was in Philly. Right. And um, and so I still don't know anything. And they're like, all right, we've seen enough. That's what it's like. Damn, these niggas not about to find me. Oh man. So uh, so I walk back over and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not ready to go. Like I'm I wanna keep working. No, nah, coach, like, I got nah, some more. I got some more. <laughs> yeah, and River did that. That's exactly how it was. He was like, nah, we get enough and I'm like, man. Like I was just like, damn, I'm like so I just go in and I take a shower, they're like, All right, after you take a shower, just go into the uh where you eat, they got cafeteria, it's like five star like restaurant type food in there. Mm. And we just sitting there and one dude's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my physical. It's about to sign me, right? And I'm like, damn, like, so I have to So, uh, so I end up, uh, so we eating and stuff, and, and he was like, hey, you guys are food. You guys are going to, to get physical. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to get this other dude. And this dude had been with the Cowboys. I'm like, hey, what's it mean? What's it mean when they take us to get physical? He's like, oh, well, some teams just do that just in case they want to bring you back. They want to, you know, do that evaluation of you. Yep. I'm like, damn, man, they got me doing all this, and they're not even going to sign me. So um, we go up there. I said, about halfway through this long-ass physical, it was like three hours. My agent hit me. Don't fill the physical. I'm like, what? I'm like, of course I want to fill the physical. He's like, if you pass the physical, they're going to sign you. Damn. I said, swear to God. So then, <laughs> so, um, I'm going through the whole process. I'm now I'm nervous. Like, oh damn, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? And um my phone dies. And um so now I can't get in contact with nobody, nothing. I go through the process, boom, they take us back to the facility, they take us upstairs, and they put the contract right there, and like you know, I just started crying. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not even like emotional like that. But uh it's just you know, you Think about all this stuff. Yeah. And just to kind of do something that was like a lifelong dream, right? Like just to taste it. Like let me just get there. And um to be able to sign that contract, it was like surreal. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like I couldn't even That's explain right. how yeah. it was, but yeah, it was it was dope, man. It was dope. So that was kinda of how I had a long, long answer, but 
Y'all was kind of how I got to the league, yo. Man, shout out to you and your perseverance, man, because that, <laughs> that's some ups and downs, and that's there's a lot of pay, uh, man, possibilities some, oh, in there where you can just be like, I'm done. I'm done, bro. Like, I'm good. I'm the good. Court. Yeah. Y'all, like, y'all want to know what, <laughs> that's, that's y'all y'all wanna know what kept me motivated? What's up? I ain't want to work at that warehouse no more. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, hey, fuck that I warehouse, right? Yeah, yeah, I will work there. Um, I feel it. I feel it. That's what's up. So, man, that was an uh, amazing experience, man. So let's get into kind of what you're up to now, man. I mean, you've been really rocking and rolling. I mean, you know, just kind of doing our homework. I mean, you're everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. what got you into kind of the looking at people, um, analyzing people, and just kind of like it's a little bit of coaching, it's a little bit of scouting, but what really got you into that, man? All right, so so this is kind of how it happened. So, you know, obviously, like, you know, it didn't work out as in this, you know, um, I ended up going to the Arena League and I ended up being the number one overall draft pick to this, in this little draft thing. Mm. So um, I went to Portland for a year and I got a bet on myself and I balled. I had 11 interceptions and I balled out. Damn. And then I thought I was going back to the NFL somehow. I didn't. I still don't know how I didn't. But um, I ended up being a free agent and all these Arena teams were, um, again, offering me contracts, all this different stuff. And the San Jose Sabercats, they were the one team, like, everybody was like, oh, you this, you that. Uh, we want to give you this. We want to do this. You're going to be on the billboard. You're going to be the best guy in my secondary. But they told me all that type of stuff. But the San Jose Sabercats is a winning organization. And, you know, Anna was at home. But, you know, I went and I visited there. And they brought me into the, to the facility. They sat me down. I kid you not. Nobody else did this. They sat me down. They put my film on and showed me everywhere that I could get better. Mm-hmm. Look at this! Like, look how you stepped here. Look mm-hmm. how you did this. Look how you opened up here. Mm-hmm. Like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? And they could keep going. Like, damn, this is crazy. But they, but they were just trying to make me better. And I took that as a challenge. So I signed there. You know what I'm saying? And it was a, it was a transition for me because again, now I'm learning new technique, and I have some ups and downs. But once I got it, oh, I'm <laughs> like, oh, I wish I would have knew this when I was 18. I wish I would have knew this. Cause now I'm locking stuff up, and for somebody that you know, I could play press. They improved on my press technique. Uh-huh. I could play off. They, I mean, I couldn't. I wasn't as great off, but they improved that. Like I was an all around really good corner. Messing with them on the technique that they taught me and how they taught it, how they broke it down. Um, so you became once a I technician, man. Ball, became a technician, right? Yeah. Once oh. I, once I stopped playing, uh-huh. I'm like, I need to. I need to give this to the kids. So I created, and at this time. I would see people do like receiver workouts and all that type of stuff. Right. I didn't see people do um, DB training, right. so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna train DBs in my in my hometown. So I started training DBs, and one thing led to another. And what happened was, um, one day it was like 2017. I'm watching a 49ers game, and Dante Johnson, you know, 2017. Dante Johnson gets whooped, right? He gets whooped. <laughs> And I see Twitter like, oh my God, he's so trash. He's just, he's that, right? And this was before people were really posting like videos and stuff, right. like uh, all that stuff. It wasn't on Twitter like that yet. Like the videos of breaking down technique, it wasn't on there. Right. So I just recorded it and I put my phone to the TV and I was just like, this is what happened. Like, this is why he did that. And kind of the Sabercast kind of gave me an eye for noticing, noticing things because they, they, because of the way that they critiqued me. Yeah. So, um, 
And when you're not the most athletic person, like I wasn't the most athletic person. So, you know, I had to do things like the right way, especially right. when I really learned it. So, um, and that probably was why I didn't make it longer in the NFL because I didn't have a good technique to go with my quote unquote lack of athleticism. I mean, I was athletic, but I wasn't like top tier of it. Right. So, um, like I wasn't going to wake up and run a 4 4 or 4 5. But, um, so, I, you know, so I would go to Twitter and everybody just like, oh, wow, like this is good stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so every once in a while, I would just point out, like, oh, yeah, look how you did this. Oh, this is really good. This is what it's supposed to look like. And I just kind of started, uh, doing that and one thing led to another and I had some uh, 49er blog people reach out to me like hey man like you're really good at this stuff like do you want to write for us I'm like no I'm not a writer like, I'm not a writer <laughs> then, don't you remember my grades uh, yeah. no. <laughs> I was struggling yeah. with I want to get my grades together man <laughs> right so one dude my guy Dylan he reached out to me you know he had the blue checks okay and then he uh, he was like uh, hey you know you have a unique eye for this, and I did this, and I was an editor at CNS, CBS, whatever. Um, you know, I I did you know this for this person, all these big you know uh, beat writers for the Niners and stuff. I have my own website. How about you and I, like, kind of get together and, and you know, you help me and I help you type thing. Wow. And he was like, you know, where it can kind of go from there. You know, we'll see. So I'm like, but I'm not a writer. And he was like, it doesn't matter. I can edit it. You'll look like a writer. So I'm like. All right. He was like, just write down what you see. So I kind of did it. And he was actually like, man, you're a much better writer than you think. Uh And I think because, you know, I've read so much sports stuff. I watch so much sports. So the way I'm able to kind of articulate like my thoughts, I'm still able to kind of format it in a way that people are supposed to read it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not like a dummy. Like I was actually smart. I was a hell of lazy. So like, I, I know like what's kind of supposed to go together, you know, maybe not like, like somebody that like graduated with an English master's or whatever, but I know to a certain extent, like how things are supposed to go. So, so, uh, he ended up like, you know, doing that and I would do little articles and people started reading them and and that started growing. Next thing you know, we get credentials to 49. So now I'm at 49 training camp practices, um, credentials. You know what I'm saying? And this is your team growing up, right? Oh, you die hard. <laughs> like, I'll die for this. Like, yeah. For sure. So, <laughs> so um, you know, it's like, hey, this is my team. I'm in here. Like, dang, you know, I have to, okay, let me, let me not look like a fan. So, you know, <laughs> and then um, one thing led to another, man. Like, I mean, we ended up, you know, continuing to kind of make it grow. And I just kept pushing stuff. And then soon, soon enough, I just started like, being like, man, you know what? People kind of like this stuff. So it I would just do natural. different players and different co- college stuff. And I kind of did. And then people respected it because it's like, well, it's coming from a pro, uh, former pro. Right. It's really easy to follow. And the, you could tell with the attention to detail that this guy takes, like, he, he knows what he's talking about. So people just kind of really loved it. And sure enough, I mean, like, you know, when I started doing this, I probably had like 2,000 followers or whatever. And now I got like 20,000, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yes. been like growing <laughs> um, more and more. And I mean, people reach out to me to, hey, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Or right. we'll pay you for this and that. And, and I'm like, wow, like, oh, because I know I talk about football. And you're um, on a lot so, of sites for that, too, because people, you know, I mean, you're on the daily uh, 49ers show that they have. I mean, you have your own podcast that, you know, you, you've you been doing some things with. So you're definitely out there. And I love yeah. the stuff that you're putting out on Twitter, too. <laughs> yeah. 
some of the people that I noticed, like I had Greg Cosell following me. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, that's yeah. that's the that's the that's NFL films. Like that's right. him. Like you know right. what I'm saying? And, you know, like you know, once people start like him started following me and stuff, and I was just like, okay, maybe you know, I've always kind of wanted to be a coach because I love coaching, but maybe there's something, there's a niche for me here, and I can kind of kick down the door mm-hmm. for people that are like really just like me. That's awesome. And and maybe you know, so now. Um, I'm I'm putting together like my own website and that's in the works right now, which is, I, I'm hoping to have it up in the next few weeks. But um, I'm in the works of doing that and having it to where now my stuff is more professional and you know it's way more structured. Um, so what are you it, thinking? It's gonna be a really cool thing. So what are you thinking about the name of the website? Like, give us a little bit about you know I know it's not fully up, but still give us kind of like the context of what you're looking to um, do with the website. And if you have a name, throw that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a name. Y'all, um, I'm about to buy the domain today. So y'all don't be trying to buy my domain. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll buy it today before we post this show. You're lucky we, we were not recording live stream. So we're going to post the show next week. So hurry up. You, you're on the clock now. <laughs> so um, it's called, it's going to be called Crocker, Crocker Report. Like the Crocker Report. Right. Okay. Uh, so um, at first I was going to go away from using my name, but people are like, you know, like that's how people know you. They that's know you name. from your name. Yeah. So when you, create this website um, your name is what's going to entice people and that's what's going to kind of draw traffic to the website so it's called the Crocker Report and uh, basically it's going to be really more focused on like the college prospects okay. but I'm also going to follow them into the uh, into uh, the NFL like for their rookie years maybe you know year two I'm just going to be pumping out articles content videos um, I just followed so yesterday I'm like you know what I need to get credential for the senior bowl, right? Because, you know, senior bowl is in Mobile, Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I said, you know what? I'm about to follow Jim Nagy. That's a, that's, he's the, the, he runs the whole senior bowl. That's a, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm going to follow Jim, Jim uh, I'm going to follow Nagy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit him and tell him I want to get credential. I'm going to wait till my website's up and going and stuff so I can get credential under my website, man. So I'm going I'm to follow him, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to, Two minutes later, he's following me back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah I'm going to try to hit the end. Um, we'll probably, you know, close to when I get everything going. So I can make sure I get a spot, you know, a media spot. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build this thing up the right way. I'm going to really go hard at it. Because I've been watching film for the last two years for no reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to my wife. I was like, something's got to come from this. Like, something's so. got to come from this. And sure enough, you know, it just, you know, kept growing more and more and more. She's like, well, you ain't making no money off of it. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So, yeah, right. um, I'm so, going to keep building this up. And, um, next thing you know, I'm being, you know, all teams training camp practices, you there know, you go. credentials yeah, for, you know, NFL, college, all that. And I want it to be something to where when, you know, the Crocker Report shows up, like, y'all know it's me. You it's know, official. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give people good content. Right. Um, I only have interviews with professional athletes and, and they rock with me. Like all the pros, like, you know what I'm saying? They, they follow me, they DM me, you know, all that. So I'm going to have like, you know, I want to have interviews with them. Um, it, 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 it should be really good. It should be really good. Stuff. No, man. And just jumping in really quick. I know that's the big time bowl, but you should also do the NFL PA bowl. Um, it gets you to look at some people that, you know, you're really good at looking at, like everybody's looking at Listen, the top people, but that's some, some people in the, everywhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, I want to help you out with that, man. So I got people at the NFL PA too, man. And I'll definitely do what I can to get you over that way too, man. Cause, uh, miles oh, and yeah. I, miles and yeah. I went down this past year, man. It was a great experience. Yeah. 
is that is that the one in LA? Yep. Yep. So okay. that's yeah, an easy yeah. one for you, Jonathan right? Marsh, I think he coached I think my boy Dante Marsh coached So I was going to uh, ask I if you knew D Marsh. I was going to. So I do a camp with D Marsh, man. <laughs> so he's the homie. Yeah. So I, I coach his son at Edison. So yeah, he's um, at Edison as well. Or should we call Edison well, he, no, DBU? Well, <laughs> right. Right. No. So so Edison. I mean, so Marsh. Marsh is actually he's the coordinator at Delta College now. Oh, that's right. He did go up to Delta. Yep. That's correct. Yep. He went to Delta, but no. Nah, I mean, Marsh. Man, I have a lot of respect for him. His hustle, his grind. He's really like a bay cat. Like he's really like you can tell. Like the way Oakland dudes, the way they talk, the way they carry themselves. They <laughs> yeah, kind of like yeah. they're kind of like surf. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like oh, he's a dude from Oakland. Like you know. But Marsh, he, he he's a cool cat. Man. Shout out to D Marsh, uh, man. That's the family, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he another dude. You know, he got he got a resume, and you know he's gonna be a Hall of Famer in the CFL. Like um, you know, that's big time. So anytime he's talking, you know, I make sure I make sure I listen. I don't say too much. Well, he probably don't make a bell. Like I really rock with him, but um, you know, I really respect respect him as a as a coach and a, and a player. Yeah. So kind of you you kind of touched on it. You know, say so you want to kind of focus on the college athletes moving into to the pros. So we got a draft coming up here pretty soon this week. Um, give me your top five corners that you're looking at, and then maybe a corner that people don't really think about or don't know about. Um, that they would be pretty pretty satisfied if they're on their team. Yeah, top five and a sleeper. So, so I don't have a my official top five yet, but I'll just kind of go through guys that you guys will probably know. And um, if you guys have questions on any guys, um, I'll definitely uh, kind of explain like my reasoning. Yeah, or, let's get know, it. Let's do it. Let's why, do what I you like do. I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing my hands yeah, like Birdman right let's now. Let's go. <laughs> and and then I will talk about a sleeper. There's one that I really really like. No. So obviously, hey, really quick before you get into this, before you get into right. this, is this like you're kind of like once you get into this, it's like the lab and this is like where you get in the zone and you get focused. Is this the shit that you love? Oh, yeah. I mean, did you guys hear my voice change? Well, let's get you there. Let's get you there. <laughs> yeah. What you, what are you worried All about? Right. I'm in the zone, man. I'm in the fucking zone. They're pissed off. I'm in the zone. Let's go. So you in the zone. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm in the zone. All right. So. Obviously, there's the big dogs that everybody knows about, right? You have, you know, Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State. You have T.J. Henderson from Florida. There's been a lot of back and forth on who's better. Yes, uh, we talked about that. Okay. From my initial ranking, from my initial rankings, I have T.J. Henderson number one. Yep, I got I pulled Jeffrey up. Okuda number two. Yep. Now I got I got a lot of <laughs> backlash from that, uh, and I'll say this: this was my reasoning why. Okay. Jeffrey Okuda, I think he's a terrific. Prospect. I think he, his the way he plays, he's probably the cleanest prospect that I've seen, like mm-hmm. at least in the last four or five years. Okay, um, that I really kind of really watched. Um, I don't see any major holes in the game. I don't see anything that he doesn't really do consistently well. He's extremely aggressive. He's a terrific tackler. Um, he wants to tackle. Like I love his taunting. I love how he. I love. I love all that. Okay. Now I have questions. Right. Mm. This is why he wasn't my number one. One, uh, Ohio State, the, the way that they play defense, they play a lot of press bill, which is right. amazing. He's one of the best press bill corners I've seen since, like, Josh Norman when he was with the Panthers. Yeah. Right, Josh Norman, he's a terrific, um, like, cover four press bill guy, but he was squeezing routes um, from that. He'd still being able to read two to one. Like, it was some great stuff. Okuda right. does that extremely well as well. Okay. So, um, I thought, I really liked that about him. Um, extremely physical, but, the one thing, I, he wasn't really challenged 
too much at Ohio State. And that's not uh, his fault. You can only dominate the people that's in front of you, right? Yep. And I feel like he did that, but it's like, well, who? okay, this dude from Wisconsin, Cephas, who, okay, he, he's solid. Right. And, okay, you say he's a bitch, but he ran a 4.73. He's not threatening you. At you know all. Like, yeah, at all. He's not threatening you. <laughs> right. And, you, you know, or, that. you know, you, 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 okay, so, well, and he tweeted me, well, there's KJ Hamler. Like, okay, he's a slot. You're an outside guy. Right. You covered him a couple times. But that's not something that was consistent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, Johnson from, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, he's a, he's going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. He's a slot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in the Big Ten, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, but Michigan's offense was terrible. Right. So it was so like, bad. it was like, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, like, from an evaluation standpoint, I didn't really see that, okay, I got to guard these dogs. I didn't really see him get battle tested. And he didn't follow God, right? Now, he did play against T. Uh, T. Higgins, right? And I'm like, oh, President T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Now I get to see him. And second play of the game, T. Higgins catches a little bend route on him, breaks his tackle, and really about to get a out of there, but the safety tackle him. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And then two plays later, they had a free play. Somebody jumped outside. T. Higgins jumps up, jumps on Akuda and the safety's head comes down with the ball, yep. put barely out of balance because they called it incomplete. But remember, he knocked his helmet off. He caught the ball, knocked his helmet off, and he was out for like the rest of the half. Yep. When he came back, he wasn't really the same. So it was like, well, when I saw T. Higgins at full strength, it it was a battle. And he even did that four, five, nine hand time. I don't even want to know he runs lasers. So it was like, T. Higgins isn't, you know, he ended up being my wide receiver 10. You know, so that's not really a big dog. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, so now you go to a combine. He he was definitely athletic enough. All the measures were six one, two hundred five, long arm, um, vertical jump was like forty one inches or something like that. All that stuff was great. Terrific mover, good feet, all that. He went a four four eight and a four five zero, which is solid. It's but solid. Not not for like but, a top five. Corner, but not for a top five. Yeah. And, and if I didn't really get to see you again, yeah, big, you know, the SEC guys like that, and 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 then you don't run, you know, you didn't follow guys. You kind of ran a team that really worked for you. I know you can play, man. I know you have all the ability, but I just don't think you're a top five guy, yep. top five pick. So those were my things with him. Now, TJ Henderson, um, he was tough. Uh, he has way tougher matchups. He's following guys. Like, if, if there was a guy, uh, okay, this is the guy on this team, okay, I'm going to follow him mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, another dude, 6'1", 205, very good mover. His, you know, this dude moves so well, when I was watching him, I'm like, damn, this dude probably like 5'10", 180, because he moves so good. Yep. I was never in a million years thought he was 6'1", 205, being able to move with the feet and the explosiveness that he, that he moves with. Now, now, with CJ, there's a real projection there because there's some things that he needs to clean up. Uh, but I just feel like anything that he might need to clean up, first of all, his film was good. He just had like a hiccup here and there. Um, a lot of people harp on his tackling. I yeah. thought his effort was there. It's outside of um, the Miami. Miami was terrible. Like, I was like, what is this? Like, I wouldn't draft this dude. But I continued to watch. And uh, his, his, his effort was actually really good. Maybe he might miss a tackle here and there. But he, actually, he made tackles as well. And I just think people, they want to point to times when he doesn't, but he made some really good tackles. I mean, running stuff, um, really good force plays, got some quarterback sacks. Like, he did a lot of good stuff. 
picked picked the ball away, had a number what, six interceptions, mm-hmm. um, cribs some stuff extremely fast. There was one play um, last year. He chased down Debo Samuel. If Debo Samuel got some cool speed, chased Debo Samuel down. It ended up being like a ninety yard play, and he ran Debo down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he had the effort there, and he really showed his speed. Whereas like, damn, he's moving at a different pace than Debo. Um, <laughs> there's so many things and uncoachable traits that he has. That makes me feel like, you know what? I've seen him against the top guys. I've watched him. Okay. Oh, LSU, they're kind of a, a deep ball on him. Oh, they ran a pick play because you can't just beat them straight up man to man. Right. But at that point, Chase had three catches for 20 yards on him. And he followed him outside, mm-hmm. inside, right side, left side, everywhere. And the numbers look crazy because they ran a pick play. And, his, and the receiver ran by him. And then his own teammate ran into him. And that's what freed that chase down the sideline. So, you know, everybody, they want to point to him, like, well, it's rating against him. And it's like, well, look at this. Okay, there was a deep ball in, in Auburn. It's a blown coverage. Yeah. So, you know, but that, that's a knock on his passer rating against him that everybody wants to bring up. So, just from an evaluation standpoint, I think he has big-time ability. Um, I think the things that he can improve on, uh, like, they're, they're coachable. Um, and, but he has a lot of traits that are, I can't coach four three nines. I can't coach those feet, those hips, those moving, movement uh, skills. Poor guy that and size. That's yeah. what, at 6'1", Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I can't teach that. So um, that's why he's ahead. Now, there are other guys, and I won't go as in depth, but um, Christian Fulton, really good. LSU. Another guy, yeah. talent. Mm-hmm. The, way, the, way he, the way he battled against Alabama, again, I get to see him against big-time talent. You're covering Henry Ruggs and Judy like they're goddamn uh, – Whoever a big slow receiver is in the NFL, like that's how he going to get like, oh, you're big slow, you're never gonna run by. Right. And I'm like, damn, he challenged him like that. I mean, that's yeah. four two seven, and that's four four five. Yeah. I think Judy even plays faster than that, and he looked unbothered by anything that they, you know, did against him. So, um, I really love his game. Um, Number four. I- I'll go to a sleeper. Um, okay, a a sleeper. It. Okay, give us the sleeper. Uh, Parnell Motley from uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. That's my. So, I like him. Yeah. So I'm watching Denzel Mims. I'm like, God damn, who is this dude? Strapping Denzel Mims. I'm like, who is this guy? Denzel from Baylor, like, okay, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, who is this dude? Strapping Denzel Mims. So I'm watching. I'm watching. And I went to watch Mims. Next thing you know, I'm watching Parnell Murphy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this dude. He's he's playing extremely well. He's doing his thing, doing his thing, doing his thing. Okay, Scrappy. I watched other films. He did a thing against Rieger. I'm like, every game I put on, like, this dude is doing his thing. Didn't get a senior, uh, didn't get a, uh, invite. he didn't get a combine oh, yeah. invite. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, you guys dropped the ball on that one. Did his pro day, didn't run well, ran a 4 31-inch vert or something like that. How so tall he is he? He's maybe like 5'11". 5'11", okay. Yep. So, for somebody that's not you know, a big guy, mm-hmm. he didn't test as well as you would like to see. So, I think he's somebody that's going to sleep. I mean, uh, slip. But his film says that he's somebody that, like, no, I should be captain. Like, I should be mentioned with these other guys because I think he covers that well. Nice, nice little movement. He's very aggressive. He can be a little grabby at times. Yeah. But I, I just like that, like, how he plays, especially watching him against Denzel Men. Um, it was really good. Good movement skills, good man uh, press ability. Um, he can play off. He has good feet. I think he can, he can improve a little bit from off, but. I really liked everything I saw with him. So that, that, that would be like my super. Another, I think a, he might not even get drafted. Another, true. Another Big 12 corner that he's uh, he's obviously talked about a little more 
little smaller guy. I like him, Jeff Gladney. What's what's your thoughts on on Jeff? Oh uh, yeah, I like him. He's scrappy. He has scrappy. good feet. Um, I actually posted a few clips of him today. The 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 main issue I have with him, one, he, so he creates the space, and this is coachable. So that's one thing I always I mean, is it coachable? Because I'm seeing it over and over and over and over and over. Is it coachable? And it is because I've seen him do it right. It's just inconsistent. He feathers out so much. One time I saw him feather out 10 yards. I did a great job of staying square. So it's like, bro, you can't get that much space because right. if this guy runs a slant, uh, you're cooked. <laughs> right. And a couple of times they ran slants, but then throw it and he was cooked. And it's like, well, I know that's going to happen. You know, that's how they saber catch They taught me this stuff. So I know that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, the other team didn't take advantage. I'm looking at it like, man, this, if you're going to get some Niners and that's Debo Samuel, he might take that slant to the crib. Yeah. You're not a place. You're not CJ Anderson. Right. You ran, he ran like four, four, eight, which isn't bad, but mm-hmm. people might outrun you. So, um, so there were things that I felt like he could clean up. And obviously, you know, I, th- I talked about things I can't teach. I, I can't teach him to be taller. So right. he isn't big, which I don't mind as long as you play big. And I think at times he definitely plays big. Um, I would just like to see him be a little bit more consistent from press. He has the feet, he has the hips, he has all that. So I think he can do it. I think even from off coverage, I think he can, he can anticipate uh, routes and challenge himself a little more. Um, and what I mean by that, sometimes he plays so soft to where he's like, well, I'm just going to give up this 10-yard catch. They're like, no, man, like, <laughs> challenge him. Go up there and like, play Like, okay, him. he can eat your cushion a little bit, yeah. collide, get in that hip pocket and ride him. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, the, the guys, you know, Akuda and all those guys, they, they challenge themselves. I need to see you, Gladney. I need to see you challenge yourself a little bit. But I, I like him. I like his skill set. And I think all the things that I would like to see him be better, I, I think he can. I think he can. But you can't, you know, I can't teach height. But right. it doesn't matter if you play big. He plays big. So I'm good with him. I like I mean, I, I hopefully he's a, a nickel guy at some point uh, in the league. I think he kind of fits that little scrappy miss mode. I think he can be good in the box. Well, so we'll see. He's a guy where you, you should be able to play inside or out. So look at like a Jair Alexander. Okay. The difference is Jair Alexander ran four threes. Yeah. But, you know, Alexander. He takes teams best. Okay, okay, Stephon Diggs, I'm on your ass. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I'm on your ass. Oh, you're on the outside, you're in the slot. It That's doesn't true. matter. I'm on your ass. Like, Brandon needs to be that kind of guy, but he doesn't have the four or three some speed. You know yeah, what I'm I got you. Moving on, let's go to uh, wide receivers. You got an interesting one. Uh, I know, I know uh, Ruggs is not in your top three, and I know he's kind of consensus top three to kind of everybody else. So let me just let me dive into little Ruggs a little bit. What you think about him? Um, I know he's four two seven. I don't know if he always plays four two seven, but what, what's your thoughts on him? Well, that's the thing. You know, he's a speed guy, and, and I don't mean that in the sense of like all he can do is be a speed guy. I think he um, he plays aggressive. Um, I think his toughness is one of like his best traits outside of obviously running a four two seven. But in the NFL, his speed like that's how he's going to win, mm-hmm. right? If he gets drafted in the top fifteen. It's going to be because you ran a four two seven, right? Mm-hmm. So when I watch film on him and I'm watching him against LSU, um, the year before he made some spectacular catches, but this year I'm watching and I'm like, you know what? You got Christian Fulton on you, who's one of the top DBs in the league. I mean, in college football. What, what are you going to do against him? And I thought he won a couple battles, yeah, but not nearly as much as I would have liked to see, right? Mm-hmm. I came out with more positive on Christian Fulton than I did Henry Ruggs. Okay. And I think when you have that type of speed, you have to utilize that as a threat, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the one thing you know. I I can hang my hat. I always ask, "What's this guy? How does he win?" 
Well, he's going to have to win with speed. And if you're not threatening somebody with speed, what are you? Right. You are Marquise Goodwin. Where Goodwin, a couple times a game, you'll see him right threatening somebody. Yeah, with he, he might catch a bomb. Yeah, he, he made my man Darrell Rivas pull up. <laughs> right. You, 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 right, exactly. Um, but he might catch two passes all game. And if I'm going to take you, if you might catch two passes, maybe one might be deep. I'm not taking you in the top 15 like for that. It. Yep. That's interesting. You know what I'm saying? So okay. that's kind of my thing with him. Now, he has the ability. He has the speed. He has the quickness. He has the route running ability. I think he needs to learn how to utilize his speed as more of a threat. And people might start think that like, it might sound crazy to people because they watch highlights and they might pull a play, one play or two plays from a game. And, you know, he caught a big route and scored. He has that ability. But it wasn't consistent. And when you're watching your favorite team, you're going to be watching the entire game. Yeah. And if somebody, oh, he only showed up one time this game, you're not going to be too thrilled about that, especially if you took him in the top 15. So that's kind of my thing on him. He has the ability. He might be t- taking top 15, and the team, you know, okay, we're going to focus on this part of the game and maximize that, and he does great. I, I just look at it as, I don't know if it's consistent, and you can go really quick from people think you're Tyreek Hill to you end up being Marquise Goodwin and everybody on the 49ers. Base wasn't cut right now. <laughs> so your your and uh, your top receiver is CD or is it Jared Judy? It's CD, and, and it wasn't always that. I didn't really care for his film at first, but I had to change the way I watched him. Right, I used to watch him like I'm watching Judy or Lamb or somebody. I mean, uh, run. So I'm watching Lamb and Lamb. That's my number one, and I'm, I'm watching him. I'm like, okay, he wins. It's kind of weird because it's not like fancy, but. He, he throw the ball up, he always comes down with it. Always. He has great run after catch all the time. Plays big time in all the big games. Right? I talked about Rugs against LSU um, this past season. I talked about Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I haven't talked about him yet, but him against LSU. He kind of disappeared a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, he, he, uh, Ram, he don't disappear. He's a big dog. And he's going to bring the fight to you. Yep. The first player of the game, he's going to come and try to take your head off. Yep. Um, he pancakes cornerback. He plays big. He plays physical. He's not the biggest guy. 6'2", 200, he's cool. Um, he has enough speed. I think for him, it's consistently using his speed to beat DBs, and he has it. He has the quickness, twitchiness. He has all of it. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't always utilize it. But unlike somebody like Russ, he doesn't always have to win with his speed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the way that he wins, you see that show all the time. Once he runs a little bit faster, people are just going to be in trouble. You know? So there's a lot to like about him, and I think the things that his toughness, his contested catchability, his uh, run after catch ability, all those things you can't you can't teach that. Like right. that dude just has it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but what you can teach is not to teach him to run his yards faster. Yeah. Once you once you do that, now he's a total package. Yeah. You know yeah. yeah. I, I like I like him a lot. I think he kind of reminds me not not of Odell. Not Odell's obviously a ridiculous athlete, but as far as a run after catch, I think CD has a capability of taking a you know six yard slant and taking that for about sixty. And then he kind of reminds me of Des Bryant with the 50-50 ball kind of thing. He knows how to use his body pretty well and kind of boxes out corners and safeties. Right. He yeah. reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Like, I don't want to I don't want to say, like, oh, that's who he is. I'm just saying the way he went down, like, if, if, if you were to say, hey, man, who's the college version of DeAndre Hopkins right now? I would have said T.D. Lamb. Yeah. Now, is he going to beat DeAndre Hopkins in the NFL? Like, that's the question, yeah. right? And that's a lot to put on the card. So I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to go to the NFL and he's going to beat DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just saying – that's the type of way that he won. Let's see if it works in the NFL because it, it's hard to win like that. Kyle Hopkins wins. Hopkins just wins like that. So can Lamb do it? 
there is some projection there, but um, I really like his upside. Give me a sleeper in the receiver ranks. Uh, man, I'm trying to pick somebody. You know, I think you like you draft people. This is what they do, man. Like you know, since I'm kind of you know, I follow all these people. They throw out these names, <laughs> like they end up throwing out everybody's name. So then it's like, well, who's the sleeper? Like, <laughs> right. you know like they end up like, oh, I really like uh, Antonio Golden Gibson. Like, like no, you don't. Like you just yeah, want to just, put just throw his name out there. I I told you I really like him. Like you know what I'm saying? Like then. But this, so, I don't want to know, you know, a sleeper, but this is somebody who I personally know. I personally met, I personally seen the train. I know what type of kid he is. And I thought he was very productive at the school he went at. I went to, and that's Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. Okay. Um, 6'4", 2'10", very fluid mover, um, really good hands, had the best hands out of anybody. He had the lowest drop rate, I believe, out of like anybody in college football. I want to say he dropped one pass all year. Um, terrific hands. He was a high volume guy. He was Oregon State. He was pretty much all Oregon State had. Mm-hmm. And he was extremely protective. I call him all he all he does is catch touchdowns. <laughs> and he saw a high point catching touchdowns. He's like UCLA. You guys know I'm getting the ball, but this is my third touchdown. He's running double moves. He's fluid. He has sneaky run after catch. He's not a blazer. Ran a four six. But there's a lot to his game that I really like, and I think translates as long as he gets in the right offense for him. Is just I don't know exactly where he's going to go, but I guess I'd say. Between around three and four. Okay, so um, a big a big X on a on a on a. He's a starter at, at the X spot. Yeah, okay. he's fluid. He's a he's a he's a really good uh, possession catch guy. He's not like Michael Pittman, where Michael Pittman has better deep speed. Yeah, but he definitely can threaten guys vertically um, and catch those sideline fifty fifty balls and stuff like that. Use his body to do it. Like I said, terrific hands. So that's somebody um, I really like. I really like Isaiah Hodgins, and I know the kid like. I've seen him drive all the way from, you know, the Bay Area, come to Stockton just to train. Wow. You know, um, and he's consistent with it. And he's a great kid. He's fast play pro ball. So he has that pedigree, um, that pro pedigree in his, in his genes. So um, really good kid, really great kid. I think he's just, I think he's having a baby and just got like engaged. So, you know, he kind of has his head on straight in the sense of like the women. And that, that's a big thing because there's a lot of dudes out there chasing the females and that can distract you from, really being a professional athlete sure. and he's not going to have to deal with that because he's already you know yeah. getting married and in a relationship so his hair's going to be on straight I think he's going to be a good pro okay okay kind of on um, some of your receiver corner matchups we're going to kind of go to like an all time type of thing um, see what you think about some of these all time matchups I know EJ has a couple I have a couple all time uh, I got one that I, I want you to kind of break down. I, I don't know if you spent time with him in, with the Jets. I think you guys might have just missed each other, but Revis versus Michael Irvin. Oh, so Revis, nah, he was there when I first got there, um, okay. but he ended up getting traded. Okay. So uh, I, I was there like when I first showed up in what, February, March, April, whenever I showed up for OTA. Okay. He was there, but then he ended up getting traded. But Revis, hey, man, dudes don't even look like he's ever touched the weight. Like, he don't look like he worked out. <laughs> But he's just a technician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just a technician, man. He just does everything right. So, you know, Michael Irvin is going to be tough because it's like he plays really strong. Yep. Um, he has great technique. So, like, Michael Irvin, you're, you're not going to be able to outrun him. And I think, you know, as much as everybody loves Prime Time, I don't think Prime was the most technically sound nope. um, compared to somebody like Revis. Not saying that it's better, but, um, you know, I think that that would have been a great battle in the, and I'm actually, because 
I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Reeves. I think Reeves is really good. I think he's kind of underrated for how good he was um, in his prime during those years. Um, I mean, there's only a few guys that that held it down like that. You know, Chet Bailey. You know, prime time, but like you know, uh, Woodson, Irving on. Um, but yeah, Reeves, man, he was in the league of his own for a while. So one zero corners, one zero. There you go. So. Um, you know, in this time, man, there's been a lot of uh, virtual meetings uh, for because we have to, right? And, uh, the draft is going to be virtual, and um, so I have a couple uh, matchups, man, because you, you know, you do a lot of um, work with uh, DBs and receivers. So here's a question: I'm gonna run down the, the matchups. I'm gonna run down the matchups and tell me which virtual meeting would you want to be in, okay? And then well, tell, like yeah, and then tell me who would win. Out of the two, all right. So all right. I'm a, uh, so I got four matchups for you, and it's kind of like mixing errors and times and things like that. So it's just a little fun. I want to hear, hear hear your thoughts on them. All right. So I have prime time. So Deion Sanders and OBJ, okay. Uh, Darrell Rivas, who we just talked about, and Jerry Rice, Champ Bailey, and um, Antonio Brown, and then Ronnie Lott and Randy Moss. <laughs> so, which meeting are you going to? Let's do that one first. So, on top, I'm I'm going to to Dion and and Odell, just because Dion Dion gonna talk dirty to him, and I like that. You know what I'm saying? I know Prime Prime gonna talk, and and he's gonna back it up. You know, and Odell that's one of my favorite players. I think Debo Samuel might be overtaking him. So, but but Odell did like, like the last four years. Well, Odell, like, Odell, like he's like in uh in hiding right now. He's at the Browns, so he you know he's falling off yeah. of people's radar a little bit. So, oh like uh, yeah, but I'm I'm almost I almost like because I don't never ride nobody's nuts or anything. So I'm almost <laughs> like an Odell. Like I'm really like an Odell fan. Like when he comes to the bay, like oh I'm going to the game. Yeah. I gotta watch Odell. Nice. When he's on TV, I gotta watch him because I really love the way he plays. Okay. Um, now I grew up watching primetime. I grew up watching Dion. Um, I admire Dion now, even to this day, with everything that he does. And I listen to Dion talk, and I just know the Zoom meeting. I know that would be like showtime <laughs> between those two. Animation, like, have right? To, you have to be in that one. Okay. Oh yeah. So Dion, Dion, just the way he talks. He, Dion loves himself so much, <laughs> but he he has a lot of love to give too. But man, Dion's gonna win the battle on the field because oh, Odell. You know why? Odell, you can get in Odell's head. Yeah, he's going to get frustrated. Odell, he gonna, yeah, he's going to be throwing his he helmet. Odell's head. Yeah. And, I, and I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, he's going to get real light skin at, at some point in the game. And see, <laughs> we was doing so well. Just because Od- Odell he, wants but, to lift to his light skin is, potential, man. man. Just, it's okay. I love Odell, but he's going well, he, to be a light skin at some point in the game. He, yeah, he is. But, you know, the thing, and I think some people look at it like, oh, it's me, me, me. I don't think so. I just think he's ultra competitive. And he always feels like kind of like Terrell Owens, like if you guys get me the ball, throw me the damn like, ball. <laughs> I'm gonna help you win. Like I'm gonna do my thing. Like I'm gonna. And he is that guy. He is that type. Of guy. he's ball. He's a baller. But he, you know, his he can let his emotions kind of spill over. And I and I saw it against Josh Norman. So I know for sure I see it against Deion Sanders. <laughs> so I'm not so proud. That's what's up. So I guess kind of looking at the game evolving man and, and and kind of wrapping up here but just kind of looking at 
football where it is now and kind of even back when you played. So um, I got, you know, the receivers is, is kind of a more of a passing game now in the NFL. Um, do you ever think that the receivers would be kind of treated like, I guess, what the running backs are now? How you can probably get a good receiver. You know, they always say you can get a good receiver or a running back in the third or fourth round or uh, maybe undrafted guy. And so they don't really get to the second contracts a whole lot. And if they do, they just kind of fizzle out. Um, do you ever see the receivers getting into that point, or you think they're, they're they'll stay where they're at now? No, because with running back, they they die out so fast. So right. I, I think that's the bigger issue. Like, yeah, I can get a running back a dime a dozen, but then it's like, well, like when I, once I pay you, it's like next year is like you can't run anymore, and you don't deal with that with receivers. It's like once you pay a receiver, he's still that right. Roger Hawkins gets. He's still the best receiver in the league. Oh, don't get paid. He's still balling. You know, I mean, he had like a down year, but still had like 1,200 yards. Or right. yards. And we we're like, what happened to him? He's like, right. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown, for all those years, he balled. And still, you know, even up until whatever happened recently. But the year before that, I mean, he had 15 touchdowns. So with receivers, like, regardless of, you know, how old they are or whatever, you still get the production out of them. So I think they're still valued there. Well, with running back, the production. It like falls off of a cliff. It's like one, look at look at uh, Johnson from Arizona. Like what yeah. the hell happened? Oh there was a gosh. time where we were thinking, oh, he's a top three he's, running back in the league. Right. And next thing you know, think, like is he in the league? Like yeah. where is he? Where yeah, I just think his knee pads are too big and his, he got high top cleats on. If he could just adjust <laughs> those two things, I think he'd be back fine. But you know, we'll yeah. See. Okay, and then like he was next up. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. Okay, and then. I guess in the DB rank is what's kind of weird to me, man. You play corners. So I would love to hear your, your, your thoughts on this. Um, watching the combine, uh, you kind of, kind of see scouts, I guess, describe corners as, okay, one guy's a press corner and one guy's a, a zone corner and one guy's a slot guy and one guy's a, uh, a bell guy and one guy's an off man guy. So I, to me, looking at it, I think those are just tools in your bag that you should just have some of that all in your bag. But it seems like now, um, a lot of guys just kind of specialize in one kind of skill set. So what's your thought on the evolution of, I guess, just the DB spot as a whole? Um, like I said earlier, I'm big on, like, what can I teach and then what, like, you just have, right? So when I when I watch uh, corners and the first thing I pay attention to is, like, dude, can you play man? And I prioritize that over anything. So when they start talking about, oh, he's his own corner, I just look at that as somebody that can't play man, and I probably don't want you. <laughs> right. Right, like Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, to me, that was strictly his own corner. From I Iowa. I don't want you. Where, where's he at? Yeah. Green Bay now? Yeah. yeah. Where, where is he? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they have somebody else uh, coming out of Iowa that a lot of people like. And they're like, no, I'm not touching these Iowa corners. Right. You know? Um, I want a guy, well, I think Desmond King came from there, but they made him a nickel, and that was a smart move. Right. But, uh, you know, I... The first thing I do is I, I value man skills. You have 50 man coverage skills. Now, maybe your height might make you more of a nickel, or maybe you, your lack of like really having that elite speed, and it's kind of hard for you to play on the outside. Okay, I get it. But if you still have man skills, but you're projected to play in this lot, I'm cool with that. But I value man skills over anything. So if you're somebody, and they're like, oh, you're a zone corner, like, no, I'm cool, because I can teach them. Right. I can teach you that. It's hard to teach real good like man coverage skills you know so that's kind of my my uh view on that okay no so that's how much film do you actually watch man <laughs> uh 
I, I mean, it's probably too much for somebody <laughs> that just does it as a hobby. Um, I mean, it's really random, and it, you know, it can. But I probably say like, ah, man. I mean, it varies, but probably up to like a couple hours a day or something. Something stupid, like it, it's kind of ridiculous. Now, would you? Ever... It, it could. It just depends. Now, I, I could watch more. Okay, <laughs> so, so the fact that you love to do it. Would you want to be an NFL scout? Would you ever want to scout? Yeah, you know. Um, if that, that opportunity presented itself? If somebody came up right now, like, hey, man, like, just shut all that down and just come be a scout for us, I'd probably be like, oh, you know, all right, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, since, 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 you know, since you asked, you know. You know, yeah, I mean, if somebody paid me to watch film, I'm I'm all over that. Right. <laughs> there it is. And, and then I feel like I'm I'm like I really understand it to the point where I feel like I would move up. Like right. I don't I I don't think I just be somebody that just like oh I'm just gonna be a scout forever. Like I, I think I move up to like some type of like head of scout or you know like head of scouting or you know something like that. Like because I'm because I love it so much and I and I really feel like I have an eye for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I might not always be right, but I feel like I I'm right with identifying. Your talent. Mm-hmm. Now, when a guy, a guy can prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? A guy can prove me wrong, and I always leave room for that. Like, I always tell people, you'll never hear me say, oh, he is this. You know what I'm saying? Like, or he's not going to be this. Like, gotcha. you'll never hear me say that. I think athletes are always out to prove us wrong, right? Remember my coach, oh, you can't play in that league. Like, why can't I? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I never put definite answers on somebody, but I, I feel like with, with my, uh, as far as the talent evaluate, I can tell you exactly who a guy is and what he is and what he'll probably struggle with. That's why I didn't have to kill Harry Hodge. And there's mm. still room. We'll see. You know, he had to deal with some injuries. Right. He wasn't in my top five where everybody was like, oh, the kill here, the kill here. I was shocked to see him be the first receiver taken. Mm. And then I'm like, well, the Patriots took him. So maybe I'm missing something. Right. Yeah, I thought about it. The Patriots took him. I'm not missing anything. They stuck at Jackson receiving. <laughs> so I knew I was right. Like, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I guess the Steelers didn't pick him. So, yeah. so, all right, man. Well, um, is there anything that you want to kind of talk about? Any other platforms or things you're you're, you're looking forward to, or you're going to be putting out? We're definitely going to be looking out for the Crocker Report. But anything else, man? Because uh, we actually uh, like you to. Uh, we have this little part called the assist, where if there's like a message that you could give to your younger self, or just something you could give to the listeners, um, you know, we call it the assist. So, any kind of knowledge you want to drop on that? Um, man, I think just that everybody has to deal with adversity, and you know how how you come out of it is obviously going to be you know, how you handle it. And I think I always looked at it like you know somebody always there's always gonna, there's always going to be somebody out there that has it worse, and you just got to keep pushing to get out of it, and, and and really come up with a plan of like how am I how am I going to get out of this situation, and and don't expect handouts. But like you just gotta, you just gotta work for it, and whatever you put into it, even if it's hours of film and nobody's paying attention, whatever you put into it, though, you gonna get, you gonna end up getting out of, it, you know, good stuff out of it, and and that's just kind of how I, I really view life. Like whatever you put into it, that's what you gonna get out of it. And there's gonna be times where somebody shoots you down, they don't like this, they don't like that, keep knocking on the door though. So that, that's that's the best advice I can give. There you go. Gems, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, um, want to thank you, man, for coming on the show. Um, definitely give them your handles really quick. Your social media handles. 
Oh yeah, you guys can um, follow me at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, and then I do have my other one that's called uh, Croc Talk Gym. I'm actually going to change that account to uh, the Crocker Report. So um, I haven't changed it yet, but yeah, you guys can follow my account. Um, you know, yeah, just shoot me a holler, man. It's all good. Awesome, and we'll put those in the show notes so you can uh, reach out or reach out to us at Black and Sports, and we'll get you connected. So once again, man, we want to thank you, man. Such a great show. Love you. Break it down. Uh, what the what the future is going to look like? Uh, please, if you love the show, uh, subscribe. We're on all platforms. We're on YouTube, Twitter. IG at Black in Sports, and then we're on all uh, podcast platforms, so iHeart, Spotify, uh, Google, and Apple. So check us out there, and please know, man, we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 look, look. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat about two racks on handmade new rags. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.